0: the sounds of no tech issues knock on wood with screening in kingston
1: it's a beautiful thing yeah we're back it's a Chris- uh. it's an early christmas miracle
0: <laughs> yeah i mean we this has happened to us only a handful of times but it feels like more recently we've had these issues i don't know if it feels like that way for you taylor
1: yeah the last last couple months it's like we had a string of what two and a half years where no problems and then in the last six months all of our issues and you know it has happened only a handful of times but when it does happen it feels like the end of the world
0: <laughs> yeah it was a i was sweating pretty hard last week when we were sitting here and not knowing what to do like we basically so fans know what happened there was just such a it was such a terrible lag between you and I that it sounded unnatural. Like it didn't sound like we were having a conversation.
1: There was no way we could have salvaged that episode. We might, we might, having.
0: might have been able to if we had more time. Like if it wasn't right. the fact that we were recording the date, like the night it's due to go out, then we would have had. Because we were on CFRC, as people know, three o'clock on Tuesdays so we always record monday nights we want to be as close to the same day as possible because that's when we were at studio we used to be like it's the same day and if there's breaking news we can talk about it so we try to be as close as possible but i ju- we just didn't have the time like to make it sound natural and to edit all that together there just wasn't a time to to get it in so it was uh, it was rough it was it didn't sound great to begin with anyway so even if there was time we, that's why I'm saying might. We might still not have made it, even if I had an extra day or two. So, um, so we cut here. our losses. Yeah, we just decided, see. whatever, <laughs> move on.
1: It's not worth the stress.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it's getting into the holidays. Like, we're doing a couple, people will notice, um, I, Usually anyone who writes in fan questions will notice that we're we're actually not as live right now throughout December. We're doing some pre-records. We're doing some things in advance. Um, This episode this week that you're listening to is like on time and kind of in the right slot. But then we've got our Christmas episode next week. That's a pre-record. And then we're finishing off our year. The week after, because that's going to be, if you believe it or not, Taylor, that's the end of 2021.
1: I can't believe it. Uh,
0: And that'll be our last episode of 2021. And we're doing, you know, we're going back and we're looking at the year and we're going to have our, well, we're our best and worst movies of the year, but then we're going to open it up to some, some mailbag and, and fan stuff uh, in a, in a couple of weeks. So just so people know, if you email us pretty much between like December 13th, and then end of the year, you're you're probably going to find that we're not going to be able to answer your fan questions until January. Just so you know, because we're, we're taking some holiday time, doing some pre-records. I think we do this every December, though, so people should be used to it.
1: Yeah, I think aside from maybe the first year, we always take a couple weeks off <laughs> at Christmas time. But I don't know, I think even maybe the first year we recorded at least i think we took at least one at week least off. a week
0: yeah i think we had maybe done a double record and then gave us the pre, pre you know before christmas episode and then and like, after christmas episode or something like we
1: might have know. we might have even played the christmas episode twice
0: that year was an unusual one where there was like more space because of just how our episodes go more space that we had to fill between that and the end of the year like this year, it works out perfectly. There's literally three weeks and then we're into January for us yeah. <laughs> because it's just how the calendar works. But I remember that year being there was like four weeks and we had three weeks worth of episodes and Christmas fell in a weird in-between. So we just played the Christmas episode twice yeah. leading up to Christmas and then and then did the New Year's episode and then we were back.
1: <laughs> Everyone was in that weird in-between limbo time. Yeah. So we're weird, like, weird. whatever, they won't even notice that we've played the Christmas episode twice. Yeah. We didn't <laughs> <Whatever. so. laughs>
0: yeah. No, no one complained. And I think it's it's also like it's understandable that people would take some time off during during the holidays. But this year, all new episodes, three new episodes that'll get you through to the end of the year, and then in January, back with new episodes, because the best time of year for this show starts in January. Yes. Um, it's slow for movies being released. But it's great for us because we catch up on all the Oscar movies and it's basically, we got two and a half months of just like award-worthy films to either Big bash movies. or love. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Depending upon our moods.
1: <laughs> and I'm getting started a little bit early with my review today because I, I think the movie I'm reviewing is getting Oscar buzz. I'm pretty sure.
0: This is, this is one of the Benedict Cumberbatch movies, right?
1: Yes. The one that I think is getting uh Oscar buzz I don't think the other one is (laughs) really (laughs) okay well you never know well I haven't (laughs) heard much about the other one
0: what what? I don't even remember what is the movie called that you're reviewing
1: so today I'm reviewing the power of the dog
0: and this is the one that you believe is getting some actual buzz
1: yeah it's gotten really good reviews and I I I would be surprised if it doesn't get nominated for a couple like you know best supporting actor best actor Maybe there's I don't a know.
0: couple. There's a couple people that when a movie from that person comes out, like when a movie with that actor or that director or that writer or whoever comes out during like December to, to March, you're just you just assume, oh, okay, it's going to get some awards buzz. Benedict Cumberbatch, I think, is yeah. one of those actors mm-hmm. who normally gets some sort of buzz around awards time.
1: People really like him, and this movie was at TIFF. Along with his Ah, other one. I think Nicole might have even mentioned it when she was on the show. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I have, like, feelings about it. (laughs) So uh, we'll get into it on the show. But that's that's my little tease. That maybe this is, like, a preview for awards season. Maybe. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe no one's talking about this movie. Well,
0: hey, hey, Taylor. (laughs) Mine too, though. My movie is a hundred yes. percent awards movie. Yes. I, I am of course reviewing Spencer this week. Yeah, um, I did. I did that to myself. Didn't even have the fans yeah. uh, vote for it, even though I was in there. I decided, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. Take one and I'm for just the gonna team. See. Yeah, and I'm just gonna see what is this like. Okay, what what is all this? Uh, this royal family, Princess Diana, Diana, whatever her name is about. I don't know anything. <laughs> Um, which is fun—a funny little funny story, uh, Taylor. I posted something on the many social media. You, you know, uh, me personally, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I, yeah, I, don't I don't post much, but when I do, it's usually about movies. And uh, your friend, friend of the show, Nicole, uh, sent me a direct message, just completely shocked that I don't know anything about.
1: Oh, I got t- a text. About the royal you. family.
0: Yeah, she said. She said. <laughs> she said it's wild to me that you know nothing of Diana and Charles. And I tried to explain it just well, it's just not something I ever really cared about. Like I just never really thought about them. They're not my princess or queen or or what. It would have she, been princess? your mom,
1: your mom's princess. Right. Like, yeah, your yeah, mom I'm talk sure. Talk about Princess Di at all? No, not that
0: I remember. Again, it's hard. You know me with my memory and traveling. It's possible it came up. Like it's not as though I had no idea who they were. Like I don't live under a rock. I knew that she she was someone important. I knew she passed away young. But you didn't know
1: like the mythology, like the lore.
0: No, I knew nothing. I knew going into this movie, I was very much. I know that who Princess Diana is. I know generally what she looks like. I've seen pictures. I know who like Prince Charles is. I I can't tell you like who. What I can't tell you is who, who their kids are, who their parents were, except like it's the lineage. I don't understand. Like this queen's been for so long.
1: mom is Queen Elizabeth.
0: Okay, see, I didn't know. I didn't know that. I did not know that. I because you know the royal family, they're they're all over the place. Like everyone's I mean, a prince and a like, duke, and I don't that's know who they literally are. Literally,
1: like Queen Elizabeth, Charles, William. That is okay, like The That's who, the yeah. That's,
0: who who married Meghan Markle?
1: uh uh harry the and spare. harry
0: Harry, the spare, harry and william are the are th- sons they would be the of, little
1: boys in the movie
0: uh, in the movie okay and one of them ma- married Meghan markle and yeah. the other one married someone else kate. who i don't know kate who will be our queen <laughs> right who would be the queen yeah but like this queen's also been around a long time like she seems yeah, like she's, fair. she's, she's in her hanging on yeah like i feel like she's a hanging on Type of thing, I um, believe
1: she's the longings, longest reigning monarch in English really? history. Okay. Maybe not like maybe not in like other countries, but I'm fairly certain she is the longest reigning English monarch because okay. she became queen in like her 20s.
0: Okay, so she. It, like the the move the the TV show The Crown is about the queen though is about her correct it's about the current queen who's still alive who's older it's about her when she was younger and kind of like growing up and whatever because she's played by by that person and then Olivia Colman
1: well yeah <laughs> she's it's played like by it's, what's her name and then Olivia Colman <laughs> now on the Crown I don't watch the show but I have, like I. You know, I follow the headlines. They're all the way into Princess Diana's generation. Okay,
0: so that's the as much of the Crown as I've seen is the first season, and then I watched the first couple episodes of the season with Princess Diana because I was like, okay, maybe this is closer to what I know. And that's when I was like, I have no idea who these people are. Stopped watching, and then didn't realize (laughs) until Spencer started that it's the same people. (laughs) I went, oh, it's it's another. story about these same people. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. that it's very different. So, yeah, it was um, it was a very interesting experience. And yes, Nicole just couldn't couldn't believe that I, I didn't know anything about them and I went in very blind, which I did. It, hey, it gave Mike, me a very interesting perspective of this movie, I'll tell you that.
1: Is uh, this our longest intro? We're 10 minutes in and I don't think we've even...
0: Uh, no, Taylor, <laughs> our longest intro stands at 27 minutes and I believe that was the episode... <laughs> It was back, it was during the pandemic, and I don't remember, but you and I both got on a rant about something. Oh, probably. And it was the, t- I, re- I remember noting this, because I thought this, I can't believe we're still going. We hadn't even gotten to fan questions. We hadn't done anything. It was still the intro, and it was 27 minutes into the episode, and yeah, we were ranting about out. something. Yeah. Okay. So no, no, this is not the line. This is actually kind of standard. Like Normally, it's about seven minutes. Like We do about a seven-minute <laughs> intro. So, so se- seven to 15 minutes is okay. But thank you for All pointing right. it out. You want me to move on, I'll move on. Um, Well, I'm just thinking we're
1: like, we're essentially already (laughs) reviewing the
0: movie. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I'll wait till Spencer. Yeah, I'll talk more about Spencer when we get there. But yeah. I am dying. I am
1: dying to know your experience. I mean, obviously, um, we'll get into this. I have such strong feelings about Kay Stu. So I can't wait to hear. It'll be interesting for you to review her performance knowing nothing about the person.
0: Yeah. And th- I will say, you know how we talk about this all the time and our fans are sick of us saying this, but we always talk about how sometimes we don't have enough to say about a movie. Either it's so egregiously bad that we like hate it. And there's just not much to say, or it's so good that there's like not much to say yeah, about like, it.
1: What you, yeah.
0: <laughs> what What are you going to say? It's really yeah. good. Go see it. <laughs> this is a movie where I have a lot to say. Oh. So I'm that'll excited. tell you. Something. I'm
1: excited. I have a
0: lot to say about this movie. <laughs> Um, so we'll we'll get into it. Now we do have one fan question, and this is this so this is from Josh. It's left over last week. Our Inquisitor has kept his streak alive. Uh he even sent me a text this weekend being like, well, okay, hold on. With the mailbag, are you just keeping my episode my question? Or are you doing it this week? And I said, I'm doing it this week. So if you want your streak to get alive, you better ask a mailbag question. So Josh wants to know. Uh okay. <laughs> so oh my God. His <laughs> His questions are basically asking us to review the movies we're about to talk about. I didn't even read these. He says, "Oh, hey, Mike, do you think Spencer was well cast?" Taylor, who had the strongest performance in *The Power of the Dog*, okay, Josh and Christopher. <laughs> so he's basically, asking us to review the movie. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> he's providing the study questions for this week's okay. discussion. So, so why don't
0: we? Why don't we do this? Let's give quick answers, okay, Taylor? So this is what we're going to do, yeah. okay. I want you to give. So your question is, who had the strongest performance, The Power of Dog? I just want you to name the actor, and I'm going to say I'm going to say yes or no to his. Do you think Spencer was well was well cast? Okay. I'm going to say yes or no, and you're going to say the name thing, and we're just going to leave it at that, and and then we can we can discuss it during our review. Got so it. that's what we're going to do. So I'll, I'll go first. So do you think Spencer was well cast? My answer is yes.
1: Ooh,
0: Taylor. Who had the strongest performance in The Power of the Dog?
1: Cumberbatch.
0: Okay, there you go. Cumberbatch. And uh, now Jesse Plemons is in that, isn't
1: he? Uh, can you describe what he looks like?
0: Uh, Jesse Plemons, he's kind of like either he, either like blonde or redhead. He's uh, a little he, bit
1: rounder. Like not yeah, a little bit rounder. Batch, yeah, like, like rounder. no, but his
0: face is, like, rounder. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he he's been in, like, good. a ton of movies.
1: Okay. I mean, I don't want to, we'll get into it in the review. He was very, he was good. But, like, yeah. the movie really is a Cumberbatch vehicle. It's a
0: Cumberbatch vehicle. Okay. Like, well, there you go. So, those are our quick answers. And now we're going to find out more because we're going to review the movies. So, <laughs> so <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it. Well, do you want to just dive into the power of the dog then? Like, and you're talking about sure. Cumberbatch and it being a vehicle for him. Um, he's a great actor, so I mean, I, I assumed he was going to be great. But let's why don't we start with the power of the dog?
1: Yeah, so I am. I will. I will not lie. I've been a little bit anxious with the case numbers of COVID um, here in Kingston, and um, so I'm not like dying to run out to the theaters um, right now. That's just my personal
0: feelings about the situation i'm um, with you on that before people jump all over you because everyone always attacks taylor i'm with you on that 100 like i yeah. i'm the same way i'm not even i'm not a paranoid or worried person but i i don't know if you can tell like i'm kind of struggling my throat wise today like i have a scratchy throat and I'm like trying to kind of power through, and I'm uh, that makes me enough to be like, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just yeah. gonna sit, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna sit here and be good and just drink fluids, yeah. <laughs> and get through my day, and so hope for the best. <laughs> I, yes, I'm 100 with you, and I think that's a fair. I want right to
1: say Wendy is doing a phenomenal job at the screening room. It has, n- it is not a comment on the local businesses in Kingston. It is my own personal feelings about venturing in the public. You know, I I think our businesses are doing great. I just don't necessarily trust strangers right now. So, yeah. um, so anyways, I thought, okay, um, is there a new movie I can review without having to go out? And Power the Dog is on Netflix. So it's a net. It is a Netflix. Oh. movie a netflix original
0: I oh you didn't still, have to order it this was no, i didn't have to order to it
1: it's mm-hmm. right on netflix so after my review if you guys uh want to um watch the movie it's it's right on netflix and his other movie and i i am sorry i cannot remember the name of it because it's another like weird name it was at the screening room a couple weeks ago and it's about a victorian painter who paints cats oh so i was i was a <laughs> It's like the marvelous life of someone. Right. Okay. One. Yes. Um, I heard this one. Yeah. And it was in the screening room. It was at the screening room a couple weeks ago. I didn't get a chance to see it. Cause I think we were reviewing different movies that week, or maybe it was the fan fan month, but um, that's on Amazon. So both his new movies, if you want to watch his two new movies, that came out this year they're they are considered brand new they showed at tiff a couple of months ago one is on amazon and then power of the dogs on netflix so that's just a I, heads up i
0: just love that they're doing this
1: i know isn't it great
0: because it's just, For accessibility reasons, for the fact that things are COVID, I love that they're saying, okay, this movie went to TIFF. Now we're going to release it on Amazon or Netflix. And I, I don't even mind. I like that they did it like, oh, it's at the screening room. It's in theaters for a couple weeks. And then it's right away on Amazon Prime. Like, I love that. You yeah. can actually see these movies that are going to be award buzz and you could, can actually watch them, which is fantastic.
1: And like, not like, we've talked about this a little bit on the show. Some of Netflix original movies, like, aren't like, super good. <laughs> They're like B mm-hmm. movies, right? Like made for TV level movies. But um it's so great that we're able to watch new quality movies, like actual movies, you know what I mean, without having to like compromise and watch like a fluff movie on Netflix. So anyways, that's why I, you know, it was a toss up between which one I was going to watch and I thought I'm hearing more about the power of the dog. And so I'm anticipating that there's going to be Oscar buzz. So if there isn't already. So I thought, well, I might as well watch the one that's getting more buzz to be ahead of Oscar season, if that makes sense. So that was my thinking as to why I picked power of the dog. Um, And I may go back and watch his other one because I, I like cats and it's about a painter who paints cats. So, and it sounds kind of like a feel good movie, maybe, I don't know. So anyways, so, this movie, I have a lot of feelings about it. And, you know, Nicole had said this, I think, about Tatane, Tatan, that, um that is the movie good or bad? I don't know. But I was thinking about it long after I saw the movie. And I was thinking about Power of <laughs> the Dog for a really? pretty long time <laughs> after I saw it, like kind of just like working through it. So it's based on a book from the 1960s. But the movie itself takes place in the 1920s, 1920s Montana. And it is um, a Western in the sense that it kind of takes place on the frontier. And, you know, the characters are ranchers. And uh, Benedict Cumberbatch plays like a very like hyper masculine, like cowboy for the lack of lack of a better term, because he's like he's the him and his brother own, like, a ranching operation, so, like, he himself isn't, if we get into, like, the history of cowboys, he himself isn't a cowboy, but, like, works with cowboys. <laughs> anyway, so, like, he's just, like, rough and tumble. I, I don't want to give you guys a history lesson, but I could. Yeah, it's I could a Taylor's if you history lesson on cowboys.
0: Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> cowboys are actually, like, ranch hands, like, mm-hmm. essentially. So, he himself isn't a ranch hand because he owns the ranch, right? But, um, he is the kind of that, like, very rough around the edges, hyper-masculine, Um, and then his brother is kind of his foil. He's he's that actor that you were describing, Jesse...
0: Jesse Plemons.
1: Yeah, Jesse Plemons plays his brother, and he's, like, the complete opposite, like, mild mannered, soft-spoken, like, very kind and sweet, and so, like, you, like, have kind of, like, the mean, hyper-masculine brother, and then... I wouldn't say that the other brother is, like, effeminate, but, like, definitely, like, um, softer, like, kinder, right? Right, Um right. And it takes place in 1920s Montana. These two brothers own a ranch, and they're, like, they're very affluent. And um, I would say that the movie is very slow, and some of the reviews I saw, like, I didn't read too many reviews, but maybe, like, the first couple lines – this movie is getting very good reviews first like off the bat and the reviews Mm -hmm. talk about like you know like the slow like the story unwinds or whatever which is a fancy way of saying it's a slow moving movie it's two hours and it's slow it is not um and like i'll be honest like my we talked about this on the show before my attention span is pretty much shot whether it be because of covid or just the way society is now so like a two-hour movie that moves slowly like feels a bit like a schlog to me so this movie was in my opinion like slow to get going um i personally feel that this probably makes a better book than a movie interesting because um it's supposed to be kind of, like, a character... Like, I w- I see this almost as a character study. So, without, like, doing any spoilers, because this happens, like, very quickly at the beginning of the movie, so it's not a spoiler. And it's in, like, the plot synopsis, if you go to, like, Wikipedia. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch's brother ends up marrying a woman in town. And she has... She does have a very effeminate son. Like, that's how he's mm-hmm. kind of described. Yes. And so... Um, there's like multiple characters, right? There's like Benedict Cumberbatch's hyper masculine character, the brother who's um, a, like very soft, his foil, the the new kind of woman in their life, and then this like very effeminate son. And so like there's multiple characters, but really the only character that you really get to know is C- Benedict Cumberbatch, his character. So I think if you read the book, you would be able to spend a lot more time with the other characters. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is the characters didn't feel fleshed out. Right. You know what I mean? So right. that's kind of the major takeaway is that, sure, they were, like, everyone gave, like, a pretty good performance, but it it wasn't like they had a lot to work with. like that's Aside so, from Benedict
0: Cumberbatch. Yeah, because, like, yeah, like,
1: his character is, like, very meaty, right? Like... This, like, very, like, toxic masculinity. And then, like, you get to learn a little bit more about his, like, dynamic with his mentor and stuff. But, like, you don't really learn much about his brother other than that, like, he's nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, like, um oh, what's her name? She was in Marie Antoinette.
0: Kristen Dunst.
1: Yeah, Kristen Dunst is in it. And she plays um the brother's new wife. Oh, and okay. I think she does a good job, but like again, like I don't think she was given much to work with, so I can't really like it wasn't like I was blown away. You know, like okay, right. like she did a fine job. She held her own, I'll put it that way. And then the son has a very interesting character, but again, I wish they did more with him
0: mm.
1: and the movie really reminded me of the movie stoker with mia walewaski or whatever however you say your last name and um oh a british actor forget his name stoker like i love stoker it's one of my favorite movies um and it reminded me a lot of stoker but i would just rather watch stoke stoker than this movie <laughs> and like the movies are very The movies are very, very different. I would love to talk with someone who's seen Power of the Dog and have seen Stoker and they would see if they agree with me. But essentially, like where I see the parallels is this like young person who is kind of outside society, like something they're a little bit off and they encounter an older adult who maybe cultivates that uh, like other um anti personality traits <laughs> it's like the best way I could describe it without okay. giving too much away now people sure, are like yeah, Taylor yeah. what the heck what is going I mean, on people are like what are you
0: talking about yeah, yeah. but you don't want to spoil seen, too much Like, so yeah and if
1: you've seen those two movies like I I think other people would be able to identify that as well or maybe I'm just completely off my gourd but um So anyways, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I thought the movie was, it was obviously well done enough that I thought about it after I was done watching it, right? Like, it obviously did something right in the sense that I was thinking about it and, you know, thinking about the characters. Um, It just didn't go places that I was hoping that it would go. And with, like, a two-hour-long movie, like, you have time to go those places, they just chose to do other things, right? So right. Um, I saw a quick headline that said Kristen Dunst felt that it became a completely different movie after editing. I didn't actually read the article, so I don't know what she means by that. So it would be interesting. I might go back and read that article because if the editing changed the movie, maybe, you know what I mean? Like maybe what I wanted would have been... More what she wanted, I guess, is what I'm trying to, you know, like I, sure. I'm i yeah. wondering what type of movie she thought it was before the editing, and would that like align with my impressions of the movie? Um, some things that are like super positive, like cinematography. Everyone knows that I love a good vista, I especially love um American films where the landscape is almost like a character, and because this movie, um it's a it is a Western in the sense that the land and like the ruggedness. Even though we know this is again a little history lesson, we know these are not uninhabited lands, but the the mythos of kind of the the frontier, like that definitely plays into the film, and it's it's very beautiful to watch. It's a beautiful movie. Um, interestingly, it was not filmed in Montana; it was filmed in New Zealand. So I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Interesting, um, New Zealand, okay.
1: And then one other comment, even though I thought like the cinematography itself was beautiful, like the vistas and everything, (laughs) this is just like Taylor nitpicking at this point, but it definitely had
0: a movie, (laughs) you know, nitpick all you want.
1: It definitely, I don't know how, this is where like my lack of film education comes into play, but you know, like the colors of movies, like how Mm. they,
0: yeah, like, like the palette,
1: yeah, the palette it definitely felt like HBO filming a period piece.
0: Oh. You know what I mean? Like it definitely
1: had like, it's <laughs> almost like they're like, we got to make the sapia. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like it definitely, it like had the feel of Boardwalk Empire, which is an HBO yeah. show set in the 1920s for people who haven't seen it. it Boardwalk Empire is one of my favorite um, TV shows. So like, you know it is what it is but like it, you don't know, just because you're filming a movie that's set in the 1920s doesn't mean it has to have like i guess the to- the it was like muted you know what i mean like the colors right. weren't vibrant um and i'm thinking you know it's i wanted to see like crystal blue skies you know like high contrast like a like the like the westerns of the the nineteen fifties, I guess. Like a John Wayne. Like the blues are so blue, whereas this movie was kind of like dust bowl. <laughs> like, so, anyways, that's like a personal. I would a personal critique. That's like personal preference. I would have liked the colors to be more vibrant, but um, that's just how I like my westerns. So,
0: mm.
1: it definitely. Do you remember the movie we watched? I think we both reviewed it rob Pattison's movie where he's like a preacher Did yeah the, oh yeah movie? yeah yes what that was, was that, that one them. called oh
0: it's like in the devil's hands or something or in the de- like in the devil's eyes or because it's that's the one with tom holland and that was like yeah everyone
1: was movie. in that movie it was a huge yeah ensemble
0: cast. It was a, yes
1: i remember <laughs> how like that movie looked like remember how it looked like Again, that, oh, yeah. like, HBO 1920s.
0: Yes, and it kind of, like, it had that weird, like, everything is is in kind of, like, a, honestly, like, a darker, maybe, septia tone. Like, it kind of just all looked a very, like, very generic, very HBO movie. I do remember. And I don't know. The, the, devil, don't know, the devil All the Time. That was the call.
1: The, the Devil one. All the Time. I don't know all if that's, the, like, yeah. a post-production thing. I don't know how they do that. Because, like, if you're filming. I don't know. Maybe it's, the because it's we film on digital now. So like, that must be like a, that must be like a post-production choice. I don't know. That's just like, I don't love, I don't love that. It's like. Yeah, that
0: movie felt very much like it was made for TV. Like it didn't feel like it could have been in the theaters like in terms it's, of a look like it may it looked like oh yeah this belongs in HBO.
1: I think it's like a very much a like uh it must be a style trend like oh this movie set in the 1920s so like it has to look this way. But yeah. no it doesn't have to. Like we know it's the 1920s because of the costumes.
0: Yeah, they're making that choice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't know what yeah. to do that.
1: They make a choice. So anyways, yeah. um yeah. long story short for me this is a stream it but again with like the caveat this this is not like an action pack movie. This is slow. It's definitely more of a character study. There's going to be things that are not everything is revealed, if that makes sense. Like there's ambiguities in the movie. Um, There's things that we'll never learn about the characters. So again, like I'd rather just like read the book.
0: Right.
1: (laughs) Spend more time with the characters, learn more about them. Um, But it's a stream it because I think, I think this will be on an Oscar on the Oscar list. Just like, you know, you know, the types of movies, Mike, that the Oscars like.
0: Yeah, this will be on there. I mean, it might not win anything, but it'll get a couple. It'll be one of those movies that has like four or five nominations and maybe wins one or yeah.
1: Like Benedict Cumberbatch may very well be nominated for Best Actor. I wouldn't be surprised. He did a really great job.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's usually up for something around the Oscars time, so I wouldn't be surprised.
1: So that is my review of Power of the Dog.
0: Did you, oh, sorry, did you give it a rating? S- stream it. Stream it. Stream it. Stream Power of the Dog. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's, you always get those movies at the Oscars that, you know, you always get the favorites. And then you get the movies that are, oh, well, of course they're nominated, but they're probably not going to win anything. They, they've got their nomination, whatever, but they're not going to win. Um, and maybe maybe this is one of those movies. Maybe it will get a bunch of nominations, but not...
1: Uh, it might win, like... It's hard to say. Because I've been... It's almost like I've been... For the last two years, it's like we've been kind of outside the film industry, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know what's what's coming out, what's new. Because I haven't been, like, regularly going to the, the theater. So... Yeah, I don't know what it's up against. I could see this being nominated mm-hmm. for like um, costuming because it's like a period piece. So, but again, I can't, My I don't know what other movies it would be up against in that category. Maybe that yeah. King Arthur movie we saw. Oh, they yeah? deserve costuming for that movie, as much as we did not like that, The Green Knight, Green Knight <laughs> as much as we yeah. didn't like The Green Knight, it. The costuming is really great in that movie. So I'd be surprised if it's not nominated.
0: Yeah, I I think The Green Knight will probably get something on the production side. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: But do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I know you watch a movie and you think, oh, that's going to go to the Oscars. But I haven't been following it enough to know, okay, well, is it going to win? Because I haven't seen enough other Oscar movies. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. what this movie will be competing against, I guess. Yeah, is what well, I'm the buzz is
0: only starting to, right? Yeah. Like, remember, like yeah. the buzz is only really getting going, and it's really again, it is like January up until the Oscars that we really start to see. Once the nominations come out, once we start to see kind of what what the trends are going, like it is kind of early days um, still. But yes, you would definitely get that feeling coming out of the theater, like I, one hundred percent, where you just know this is going to get nominated. It's going to be one of those movies. It's going to get nominated. And we'll see kind of what happens.
1: And speaking of another movie that's definitely <laughs> going to be nominated, segue no, to Spencer. No ifs ands or buts.
0: <laughs> yeah, Spencer. Spencer. What a what, what an interesting movie. So yeah, um, this is this is uh, you know uh, I'm supposed to say Kirsten Dunst. C- Kristen Stewart <laughs> plays uh, Princess Diana um, in this. Also, I would describe character piece you said that your movie kind of was more character piece lots of things unsaid lots of things unresolved um this movie what i said on social media was this movie i think takes for granted that everybody knows these characters so they feel they don't have to explain anything Um, and to me it's to a fault that happens so they not only don't explain who anyone is, they don't develop anyone's characters, and they don't ever give too much rhyme or reason for everything that's going on. Which for me, as a robot watching a movie, I'm waiting for evidence from a filmmaker, from a storyteller. I'm gonna I'm just gonna call storytelling. Storyteller from whoever is telling the story, I'm waiting for evidence to tell me how I feel about characters. And things. I use evidence. I use whatever I see to decide. Okay, I'm going to feel sympathetic because you're doing this, this, and this. You're going through this, this, and this. So I'm going to feel sympathetic. It took about 45 minutes for the movie to tell me anything about her character. Um. So the movie, <laughs> I could, I could say, well, this movie I'm,
1: presupposes that you already sympathize with Princess Diana.
0: Yes. So this movie like takes place over like the christmas holidays or break so it only is like two or three days of of where it sort of takes over so it it, kind of kicks off with her driving herself down this road going to like i assume it's one of the many palaces where they're spending christmas this year
1: yes they always spend christmas there See, these so, are things that, like, royal
0: fans would know. Yeah, would know. <laughs> but I'm like, why are they going here? But anyway, so what the movie does is is basically is like, okay, you're already sympathetic towards Diana. She's the most tragic character on Earth. And as we know, Taylor, from from us talking many times about this, what's the one thing I don't care too much about? It's the lifestyles of the rich and the famous. <laughs> I don't care about your stupid non-problems, rich people. Like, I don't. I don't believe that your problems are problems. I think every human being on this planet can suffer from um, from uh, poor mental health, can get into bad situations, requires support and help to figure those things out. And sometimes that's time. Sometimes that's resources. Sometimes that's money. Sometimes that's a support system. Like all these various things can help people out and it's different for different people. And sometimes when you have a lot of money, you get isolated from the rest of society for whatever reason. Um, What I would like to have seen is what some of those reasons are. Like what this movie does is just shows me a character who's like really struggling, like really struggling. I see this character struggling and i'm not unfeeling i just go oh what's wrong that's what i go what what's yeah, you happening have no
1: you what's have going no on? context for her no i
0: have zero context for what's going on so the, the one thing they did a very good job at was and, and i'm okay with subtlety i don't want people to think that i don't like subtlety in movies because i i bash tyler vance films all the time i like subtlety when it's done well. And the one thing that this movie did well was the subtlety towards one aspect. So so I guess uh, Princess Diana had a lot of uh eating disorders and one of them was um bulimia, I
1: think. Yeah.
0: Um so they actually did a very good job without saying anything of introducing this concept. So what happens is she shows up to, to, this happens right at the beginning of the movie, so it's not a spoiler. Though this nothing happens in this movie, so it's, there's no spoilers. Um, she also, this
1: is Diana's life, so yeah. So oh, everyone
0: that. except me knows uh, what's <laughs> yeah. going on. So, it's on so Wikipedia. she shows up <laughs> and she meets Timothy Spallet, Spall's character, uh, who's like the house, the, the head of the household, the head right. of this household, and he's the, the only butler. guy who gets. Yeah, he's the only guy who's introduced. Only person whose name we get in the whole movie is is the butler. He's the only guy's name we get, and he so he he greets her, and they have to do this weigh-in. So I guess it was this old tradition where you would weigh yourself before Christmas dinner, and if you if you don't leave after the Christmas break having gained three pounds, then you didn't have a good time. Like that's the that's right. the thing. So she she's uncomfortable with it. There's subtlety. She doesn't say anything, but you can tell. By her acting, by what she she's doing. She looks over uncomfortable. her shoulder. She, she looks, yes, on she looks her over. Shoulder. Her, that's true. <laughs> yeah, she does that. And and all that happens. And I'm like, okay, she has an issue with her weight. That's I know this because Note you're showing it. me something. You you're you're an actor is doing a good job. You don't have to say anything, and you've told me something. Okay, good. Good job, movie. You did it. You you communicated something well. However. There's too many moments and this the looking over the shoulder thing is a very is a very good point, Taylor. So there's this one, you know the the from the trailer, she's in the hat that's half yeah, the covering yellow, her face. The yellow hat and the, no, no, the the black hat and she's got oh, okay. the red, the red like yes. blazered overcoat because they're at like a church and she's mm-hmm. leaving church. And there's this moment where all the paparazzi's are snapping photos and yelling and screaming, I out her right here, And she does the look thing looks over the shoulder, scrunches up the shoulders, looks again, looks again. We stay on her face for like five minutes. And I'm thinking, okay, I will say one thing. This actor is doing a fantastic job of, of conveying emotion. I just wish I had a context for what the heck they were conveying. And that was my that was my problem with this movie. Too many times, the music swells and we have a dramatic moment. And as the person watching the movie, watching the story, nothing has happened. So I don't know why she's feeling so bad at this particular moment. It's done a good job of establishing she feels like an outsider in this family. These are the things that the movie taught me. I don't know. uh, This is what I just learned from the movie. She feels like an outsider in this family. She's dealing with weight issues and food issues where every time she eats, she throws it up. She's not getting any support from her husband about that. She believes her husband might be cheating on her and she doesn't know, but it's, it's starting to get to her and kill her. And for some reason, she doesn't like this family or the family doesn't like her, but they don't spend any time developing that. So I don't know what the problem is to me. It just seems like a bunch of people pouting. Like it doesn't, it doesn't tell me anything, but the, but those are the things that I got out of the movie was that she feels uncomfortable with this family. She's, she has a lot of body image issues and she's getting zero support. Like her husband treats her like garbage in this movie. I do not like what's his name? Charles.
1: Correct. Yeah. No, I don't like Charles. I don't like Prince
0: Charles. (laughs) That's what this movie, I don't I didn't even know, he, didn't even know he's a prince, Taylor, because they don't ever say anything. They don't introduce characters ever, other than the fact that I know that she, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it was her last name, but she calls her father, who's dead, Spencer, and we we got to meet the butler. That yeah, I think. Those are the two characters I I think that, that is her last know. name. Spencer? Okay, because she calls, she, at the beginning, she, like, has to rescue a coat. Cause it was her dad's coat from like a, it's on a, it's on a, a scarecrow and she calls it Spencer, the coat, uh, or he said it was Spencer's coat. So I, I guess that's her last name and she calls her father by her, by the last name for reasons I don't know. Cause they didn't bother telling me anything. Um, so yeah, like the, the movie is weird because. I can appreciate the stellar performances in this movie. And there are stellar performances. Like I will say that I don't know anything about Princess Diana, but Kristen Stewart does a good job of acting in this movie. Like Kristen Stewart does what you should do in a movie. She disappears in this role. So that was one of the things that Nicole had brought up. I remember saying that like, she she just didn't fit. think that Kirsten Dunst fit the role because of her persona. I think Kirsten not dunce I keep. Oh my god, Stewart. I didn't Kristen correct Stewart. you. I
1: didn't even correct you. I'm like, yeah, that checks. Kristen I Stewart.
0: Know. I think this movie. But
1: we have to record two episodes back to back, and we can't even get through the first one. Probably.
0: I can't get through the first episode and keep confusing <laughs> Kristen Stewart and Kristen dunce which is like they're not even remotely the same. No, Kristen Stewart to me proves that she's an actor in this movie. Without a doubt, because the way they showed Diana the character, the way like to me, Kristen Stewart disappears in this role, and I don't know anything about Diana. Like for all I know, that she could be playing it completely different. But the character she perf- plays is different than the person I've I've gotten to know as this is who Kristen Stewart is. Like I didn't, I at, t- at times stopped thinking of her. as, Oh, this is Kristen Stewart playing a role. This is the character Diana, poorly developed as it is she's still disappearing into that role. So I can appreciate the performances in this movie.
1: Does she do more than scrunch up her shoulder and look over it? Yes. So she's got, (laughs) she's got two, she's
0: got two big dramatic scenes where one of them, I don't know what's going on because they didn't tell me anything. And the other one is more around whatever this other woman is, like whoever this other woman is that Camilla. Yeah. Um, this Camilla individual. Um, Do they say a Camilla dramatic... in
1: the movie? Is that why you laughed? You're like, oh yeah, yeah,
0: yes. And that was the only name I remember from The Crown, right? Because they say it so strangely, because of the accents, like Camilla, like Camilla. that's the that's how they Camilla. And so they say it again, and then in this movie, and a little weird. And I'm like, what is happening? Um. So th- she has a really good moment with Charles. Like a very good, like dramatic scene there. She has a very good dramatic scene near the end of the movie that's also that's the one that's like nonsensical, and I don't know what the heck's going on. Um, and then she has this really like I think the best scene in the movie is her with her two kids. Like, she wakes them up to give them a present, like early Christmas morning, and they kind of the three of them just like hang out and play for a couple hours and it kind of shows i liked it because it kind of shows like okay this is someone who's struggling a lot but if there's one thing that she cares about and is one thing that she's focused on it's her her two children um so that to me was a very good scene because they're kind of like playing and and pretending to be different people um and i thought that was like a good acting moment and then there were the two things so yeah she does more than just stare she does do that a lot like, she looks around a lot, and it is annoying because there's no context for it. Like, a, a non-spoken, non-dialogue scene can be very, very effective. Um, but you have to lead, I think, up to it and give, give some sort of context for what the heck is going on. Um, and I felt this movie failed at doing that. The only thing I know for sure is, for some reason her and this family don't get along which again i don't get what the big deal is like what's the big deal you don't get along with your family like like okay you married into a family and you don't get and it like you don't get along with your in-laws boo frickin' who that's everybody
1: you world. yeah i was going to say okay? you and everyone
0: congratulations. else. congratulations <laughs> yeah you and everyone else congratulations you don't like your in-laws that is of course right?
1: not a comment like, on our in-laws right mike
0: yeah exactly and, and, so, and moving on and so you know you you um you uh, I don't care like I'm sorry just because you're rich and you're like the princess or whatever like I don't care okay so that's one two you're you might be in a loveless marriage where someone's cheating on you okay that's horrible you did a good job of giving me some information on that didn't really go into it too deep but the one dramatic scene is centered around it so good job movie so check mark there so you got one X we got one check mark Next check mark. Okay, she has an eating disorder. She, it's very clear she has mental health issues. You do a pretty good job of explaining the eating disorder. Okay, check mark there. Other mental health issues, you don't really explain that at all, like at all. I don't know. Like I, I know it's probably paparazzi driven. You're, you're in the the media all the time. There was like one or two little scenes about that about her like dressing and closing. It was like close the blinds before you change your clothes, whatever. And she was like blah 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 blah. And I'm like, why don't you just close your blinds? Like everyone does that. Like again, not a problem, not a problem, not a real life problem. Like just close your blinds, okay? And pop rosters won't take pictures of you changing. And why are you acting like this is a big deal? So so X for the movie for that. So it's like that's why it's like up and down. Like it's kind of even half the time I was like, okay, I am sympathetic towards the character doing a good job, and half the time I'm sorry. I know people like Princess Diane, and I know I'm going to get some slap flack this. She came off as a bit of a brat. Like that was the whole thing of this movie is every time I watch the Royal Family do anything, I'm like, what a bunch of spoiled brats. I don't care. You don't have problems. You don't. These are not problems. There's some people who have to sit here and decide whether or not to have dinner or pay rent. And you have a problem because you got to eat some pea soup. And that's and again, this is the movie's fault. It's not them as people. If you had done a really, even if it was fake, because the movie at the beginning was like, this is a fable based on a true tragedy. So they're obviously going to take liberties. So I was thinking, okay, cool. Yeah, like this weekend never
1: technically happened. That
0: never technically happened, but here's here's the struggles she went through. And I went, by the end of the movie, I was kind of like, okay, she has some problems. She has some issues. I feel some sympathy for this, that, and the other, but the movie did a real, real bad job of making me feel more than okay i'm feeling a little bit sympathy maybe she's a little bit on the outside of this royal family like she feels a little bit on the outside that's not a great feeling she obviously really loves her kids but like has this huge thing she's dealing with that i guess i'm not uh, important enough to know about because you're not communicating that to me and that then the movie ends
1: huh.
0: and i'm just kind of like okay like it was okay the performance was very good but I came out of it being like, and it's the movie's fault, okay? It's the movie's fault for giving me a bunch of rich people and showing their non-problems. You could have a bunch of rich people and someone who's dealing with huge mental health issues and do it so well that I'm, I don't think of her as anything other than, oh man, that's a tragic individual. You're showing me all this stuff and it's not giving me enough information to feel truly sympathetic i felt a little bit i do think that some of her stories seem very tragic i'm sure there's more here and there's more i'm missing but i don't think the movie did a good job of communicating it so to me this movie is like a borderline because i don't think it qualifies as airplane it unless you're like oh i'm like curious about this movie and i'll just watch an airplane like i'm gonna give it a stream it because Her performance is still very, very good. Like as an actor, it's a good performance. As a character piece, they do a lot just with her. They develop and work with her. I still don't think it gave me enough to really, really care. But I still left the movie thinking, okay, that was a good performance from Kristen Stewart. For a character who clearly has a lot of issues. And I'm sympathetic towards that aspect of it. And they did do a good job of giving some of the information. I just felt lost still at at various parts of the movie. And I don't like leaving a movie feeling like I don't know what the heck is going on. So there you go. You know
1: what movie does a really good job of dealing with rich people and their problems? Knives out.
0: Yes. that's, (laughs) that's That's a great movie. An example of like you're supposed to hate certain characters. But certain characters... You're not. You don't like. It, well, it, you're it's rooting like for sh- the poor clearly. person, anyways. Yes, you <laughs> are. <sure, laughs> yes, but but it does it does show what I think, unfortunately, is the actual reality and truth of people who have a lot of money now it's not universal i don't like absolutism every individual on this planet is uniquely different than the other one and all their experiences are uniquely different i do not like categorizing people i don't think that's fair i think that discounts the experiences it just seems to me that a lot of the time when rich people have problems they're complaining about things that the rest of us wouldn't even consider to be an issue and there's always issues around tax break and this and that and the other i can tell you right now taylor if I have, let's just say I have 10 core problems in my life. Let's just say I have 10. Eight of them would be solved with money.
1: Oh yeah, no question.
0: Eight of them would be solved instantaneously with money. So I'm just a little, I, I'm a little biased towards that. But I can I can get into it if the movie does a better job of communicating.
1: Here's another thing. Sorry. If I was the royal family, and I know you don't have a lot of time for rich people, but I would be <laughs> so ticked if people kept... Dragging out my dirty laundry,
0: like oh, and Charles is still alive.
1: Like, can you? (laughs) And he's the villain in this movie. Like, he's the villain. How cr- how crummy for him? Well,
0: it's true, and it's true, and and again, I don't have time for them. But like, I can still feel sympathy for that type of stuff. Like, I think that that's not fair, and we do it to ourselves. Like, we put people on pedestals and then we tear them down and act like, oh, you you chose to be here. A lot of people didn't. Like the royal family, you, you're kind of born into it. You don't really literally. Have a you, you can play into it, I guess. But like, still, like I know that um, what's his the one who passed away recently? I know he didn't do a lot of great things and there were like a lot of negativity around him. Oh, passed Prince, away. Philip, Prince
1: Elizabeth. Philip, Queen Elizabeth's yeah. husband.
0: Yes. But, but I saw on Twitter like three or four times people like, re- like the day he died Terrientic. saying some really bad things. And I was like, I almost wanted to comment. I'm like, someone's father's dead. Someone's like, husband is dead. She, like, can't yeah. you just yeah. leave? Like, when someone's alive and they're around to defend themselves, I think fine. You want to say things, whatever people can ignore it. Once someone's dead, shut up. Like it's done. I and I get this horrible, horrible people out there who don't deserve our credit, don't deserve this, that, that, and the other. And I know he's done a lot of terrible things. He just passed away. There are members he's of up. his family. Yeah, and like his, you think his grandkids or grandkids, grandkids, like know him as this evil? Thing. No. So, like, ease up, leave it alone, take your dumb opinions and and just be quiet. Like, no one cares about what you think.
1: I know we're Brando. running out of time and we have a headline we need to discuss. Yeah, we but, got a headline. We got but, a headline. Yeah. But I do Hollywood, if you're listening, I have a great movie idea. And it may be already it maybe already has been optioned. We know, like, Prince Philip, like any human being, has the good and the bad. You know, everyone wanted to dwell on the bad when he passed away, but whatever. He was. Obsessed with UFOs and the paranormal. How, what a great movie! <laughs> Prince Philip as like a paranormal investigator, like set in like <laughs> post war England. Yeah.
0: It's a great idea.
1: Isn't that a great movie idea? Prince Philip, a great idea. And you know, the queen's off doing queen stuff, and Philip is you know, investigating parapsychology, like UFOs and stuff.
0: Yeah, I love it. That's a great idea. That would that would be great. Um yeah, we're running out of time. We got two quick things we want to get to. So first and foremost, we want to just give a little shout out to the screening room who's yes. doing a lot of really fun Christmas shows, Taylor, you were saying there's a lot of really cool Christmas themed movies that are coming up.
1: I'll see if I can pull up their Christmas list.
0: Well, I know, like I know, this current coming week that people are listening to the show. I know Gremlins is playing. Oh yeah, my one of my
1: favorites. Okay, so here we go. I I have found them. White Christmas, and again, this. uh, Hopefully, you'll be able to catch a couple of these once our Christmas episode airs, but or well, you'll hear it this week. So, um, White Christmas is playing December seventeenth to the twenty third. And The Wizard of Oz is playing the 26th to the 30th. I don't really consider Wizard of Oz a Christmas movie, but hey, why not? It's part of their Christmas series. And then like Mike said, Gremlins is playing this week.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you it's, wanna... it's, it's awesome. Yeah, if you, if you feel comfortable, the screen room does do a great job. They do a great great job making you feel comfortable. Um, And if you want to venture out, uh, I I do recommend the screening room. I think, frankly, they do a much better job than the multiplexes. I feel a lot safer at the screening room. So venture out if you can. We're going to end today's episode on a headline. Taylor, you've got a headline that we've all been waiting for. So let's hear it.
1: So this is a headline three years in the making. We were reporting on this, if you can call what we do reporting. We were reporting on you this. You cannot. <laughs> <laughs> Just me reading headlines and then giving my hot yeah. take. Um, we were talking about this prior to the pandemic. But Jesse Smollett, if anyone remembers, um, he has been convicted of staging the attack that he, you know, he alleged happened to him. Um, And so he was convicted of staging the attack and lying to police. So if um, I'll just read real quick, the first paragraph of this article, Jesse Smollett's conviction Thursday for lying to police about a racist, homophobic attack came nearly three years after he report, after his report of a horrifying hate crime quickly became part of a polarized political landscape, with people, including the president of the United States, as well as us weighing in, um, from all over. So I don't know if you guys remember that, um, you know, he was in the headlines first for this hate crime and then quickly it, um, you know, there was accusations that he actually staged the hate crime. Well, he's been convicted that yes, the courts have found him guilty saying, um, actually the prosecutor said, um, The verdict was a resounding message by the jury that Mr. Smollett did exactly what he what we said he did. Recruit two brothers to fake an attack so it could be recorded by a surveillance surveillance camera and posted on social media for publicity. So, uh, you know, the courts say he did it. He maintains that he did not stage it. Um, But I, I just had to read the headline that we needed the closure, didn't we, Mike?
0: Yep, yeah, we did. And uh, yeah, it's that that's a uh, it's a terrible thing, considering the the things that people have to go through, um, especially when it comes to to race and homophobia and the these sort of beatings and attacks do happen all the time. So to stage one, I think is uh, disgusting. So if that is true, that that's what happened. I mean, he was convicted. So it sounds like it. So yeah, yep, we got some closure on that. Yep. There you go. End of the episode. We're done. (laughs) We're we're done, everybody. So we'll have our Christmas episode next week, and then we're uh, done the year.
1: Go see some movies.
0: Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. Recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.